Good morning. It's, um, I'm excited about, I, originally I was set to preach one week on this passage, and I told Josh a few weeks ago, um, I'm afraid I have two weeks worth of sermons, and he said, well, why don't you just preach two weeks? And um, I, it, that was probably part leading of the Holy Spirit and part um, Josh wanted to get off the hook, which is fine. Um, and uh, just because he was assigned this week. Um, we've been looking at Lydia, and Lydia, who many traditions call a saint, and her, um, this story of disruption, sorry, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to turn it on, Phil. There we go, great. The story of radical disruption because of the work of the Holy Spirit taking place um, in Paul and in others and taking the gospel farther than ever, farther than ever, to the most unlikely people. And in this particular story, planting the first church in Greece, the first church in Europe, um, led by a woman named Lydia, this mysterious work of God through the Spirit. And I want to look at this passage again. I want to read it again. Uh, and then I'm just going to invite you to turn to each other and talk for a minute about it. So I'm priming you, okay? Um, let's look at these words again. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the regions of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. When they approach the, approached the province of of Mysia, they tried to enter the province of Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas instead. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from Troas straight for Semothrace and came to Neapolis the following day. From there we went on to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district in a Roman colony. We stayed in that city several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate, to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God-worshipper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized... She urged, now that you've decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. The word of the Lord. I wonder what came, for, came to mind for you. What kind of stirred in your imagination, either as we read the passage just now or over this past week? Um, if this passage came to mind in the course of your week, what, um, what stood out or what kind of captures your imagination or what do you wonder about? So just turn to one or two other people for a few moments and, uh, and share about that.
I'd love to hear from a few of you, a um, couple of people, a few people who might want to share. What, what came up? There's something for you or something that you heard someone else share. There was a lot of energy around this, so just some of the thoughts in your conversations. Gabe? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Did you say last week that there was a couple different translations? Yeah, yeah. Most, most others say if. Yeah. We'll, we'll dig back into that. It's good. Thank you, Gabe. All right. What else? Yeah, there's very much this sense of being carried along by the Spirit yeah. in Acts, and this just sort of like, yeah, yeah, it's astounding. Here he is. He's doing risky things, going to risky places. Yeah. No, just what you said last week. The vision was of a man saying, "Come, I just think that that's really curious." Yeah. And the question, the gender question, about whether or not he would have come if he'd seen a, a woman saying, "Come to Macedonia," if that had been the vision, or if it would have been too scandalous. Yeah, yeah. W which is a big question, right? And I, yeah, Husto Gonzalez, uh, you know, wondered this. You know, the, the, the text really points out that it's a man. And maybe because Paul would have hesitated if, it, if the vision was of a woman. Um, that maybe that would have been a stretch too far. But that's what he got. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Anyone over here want to share? All right. Okay. We're good. Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, it's good. That passage came, came to mind for me, too. Um, and I actually, you know, I wondered about a, a couple of weeks ago when Misty was preaching and was, was reminding us, you know, not everybody had all the story that we have. And uh, that came to mind as I was thinking about this passage last week and wondering which, which Jesus stories were being told to who and in what communities and in what ways. And, um, you know, did that story, did Paul have that story? Uh, about Jesus' encounter with this Samaritan woman in John 4, who became an evangelist for her whole village. Um, and Jesus didn't seem to have a problem with her being an evangelist, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, last week, we focused on this passage as a passage of radical um, disruption. 
And I'd like to think this week uh, to consider it as a passage about radical belonging. Radical belonging. This is where the church turns a corner towards everyone in. And the book of Acts as a whole is about how the church discovers this story of God is bigger than, than they'd imagined. And then they test that theory over and over and over. Um, we, we can go back to this line here that, that Gabe was kind of focusing on, this now that you've decided I'm a believer. And it's several, you know, a, a lot of other translations pose it more as a question, more maybe as a challenge. Am I really in? Am I really in? If you believe, if you think, if you say. This question of, do I belong? I think is at the heart of it. Do I belong now? And I, I want to propose that a lot of us resonate with that question. Do I really belong? Do I really belong? I think that's the question we carry. Acts 16 is a story about people who didn't fit, people who were, who were mixed in the wrong ways. Um, Timothy was half Jew, half Greek. That was scandalous. Um, Lydia and others were Gentiles. But they're being called in by God's spirit across cultures and religion, and in this story, conspicuously, gender. The spirit is reordering Reality And Paul's making his way towards this all-in understanding, but he's not quite there yet. It takes him a while to get there, and, and Acts lays out that path. Um, and a, a commentary around decentering the New Testament, um, Mitzi Smith and Jung Suk Kim talk about these conversions of the Ethiopian with Philip and Peter and Cornelius, and this story of Lydia and Paul as three key passages, three parallel Gentile conversions that, that are signaling something's, something big is happening here, that the gospel is advancing beyond, that the Spirit is changing things. And eventually in Acts 17, Paul will, will get to a place in Athens um, where he says that this passage actually became really core to the civil rights movement, and Fannie Lou Hamer loved this passage and would quote it a lot. Paul says, from one ancestor, God made all peoples to occupy the whole earth. This going back to creation, going back to the image of God in all of us as the core of why everyone's in, of why everyone belongs. Clearly, we have a hard time getting there. It's a, this is a hard truth to live. It's a hard truth to live. Belonging is one of the great spiritual hungers of our day. We're a society marked by loneliness and disconnection, and we find so many reasons to tell people they don't belong. We constructed race to do this. We put up fences around neighborhoods to do this. Um, we create borders. We label immigration statuses to do this. And underneath a lot of that is fear. And for many, it's a fear that we might lose our own status, that we might lose our own sense of belonging, that if we let too many people in or if we let the wrong people in, 
that we're going to risk our own sense of being in. On some level or another, we've all experienced that not belonging, right? Or a sense of half belonging. I was thinking about this as kind of, kind of a half belonging kind of reality. When we feel on the edge of outside, we're half included, but we're not really in. Um, when I thought about that, when I think about half belonging, I immediately go back to middle school. I don't know about the rest of you. But I thought about, um, you know, in middle school, a lot of times we long for the particular kinds of things that are going to mark that will fit in. And for me, in the 80s, it was a Coca-Cola rugby. All right? This actual, this blue Coca-Cola rugby is the, is the one that I really wanted. I, for months, like, I begged for this. It's kind of ridiculous, right? Um, anybody else have a Coca-Cola rugby in the room? Please help me out. Help me out. I'm looking at people in their 40s. Come on. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I don't know. Maybe it was a fashion craze that only swept Kentucky. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I, you know, I finally got one. And, and it looked just like this. I looked this up on the internet. You can, you can buy one now. Vintage. It's called Vintage. Uh, <laughs> Coke shirt for, uh, for $90. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good about that. Um, uh, this was a big deal, right? Because I needed a marker of belonging, which really was about fitting in. And fitting in is sort of the shadow side of belonging. It's, it's kind of half belonging. And, and that got me to thinking about other times that I really kind of felt half along. And I went to third grade a little younger. And I remember getting invited to a birthday party for uh, my friend Scott. Um, he was a classmate. And it was rare because I usually didn't get invited to birthday parties. We lived out in the country. Most of my classmates lived in town. Um, it just was a different kind of experience. They swam at the country club all summer. I worked on the farm. And I never really felt like I belonged to either place. Um, and, and that was just part of my growing up, you know, like I wasn't, a, I've said before, I didn't really share Wendell Berry's, like, romanticized notion of farm life, and <laughs> even though I grew up, like, not very far from Wendell Berry, we, we experienced different worlds. Um, but I got invited to Scott's birthday party, I was really excited, I think it was a Star Wars theme, this was all novel to me, like, themed birthday parties, I had no idea. And Scott's uh, family was part of the big Baptist church in town, and so they had a roller skating rink, because it was the 80s. And I guess that's what you build in big churches in the 80s, I don't know. So we were there at this birthday party at the roller skating rink. I don't know if I'd ever skated before at that point. I know I wasn't very good at it, but I was feeling in. Like, I just, I remember that party because it was exhilarating. Is this sense of like, finally, um, I'm in, I'm in. And I remember this sneaking suspicion that maybe I was there because his mom told him that he should invite me, but nevertheless, I was in. And I remember getting picked up and not wanting to leave because I wanted it to be true that these were my friends. I wanted it to be true that this is where I belong. And I wrestled with that, like, half-belonging kind of sense for a really long time. Um, 
it wasn't until later, much later, that I, that I really experienced belonging in friendships and ultimately in Jesus. And this, this sense that I don't know that anybody's ever going to prove to me that I really belong. Um, that I can only find that in Christ. But in adulthood, I, I grew to learn that everyone feels that sense of half-belonging. Sometimes, some of us live with it a lot of the time. Some of us feel it in our closest relationships. And why does this matter so much to us? Like, why does that matter? Um, belonging is a deep longing to be part of something bigger than ourselves. But our sense of belonging with others is limited by our level of self acceptance. Um, some of you read Brene's, Brene Brown's work, and she's not a theologian, but a researcher who study, studies human relationships and connection, and she's done a lot of work around vulnerability and empathy, and her latest book is on belonging. Um, and she says, true belonging starts with belonging to ourselves and one another in a way that frees us from the need to fit in. She talks about belonging to ourselves, not in an individualist, self-gratifying sort of way, but in the sense that we no longer feel that constant pressure to perform or pretend or make someone else accept us for some reason. Um, that there's a sacredness of both belonging to others and, at times, standing alone. A lot of us feel this disconnect from others. And I would say we feel it more than ever today. We feel it more than ever. And some of us uh, feel disconnected from people we're close to or used to be close to because of political ideology. Um, I think we feel this disconnect sometimes because of social media, which is supposed to connect us with each other. But study after study shows it often leads to feelings of isolation and loneliness, um, and disconnection. Because it matters. It matters. And that loneliness is underneath, or, or a fear of loneliness. This is how we end up otherizing people. This is how we dehumanize people. This is how migrants end up in cages. This is how we end up with phenomena like the Holocaust. A lot of us feel this on a really close to home level. And on a right here level, many of us feel that at Mountainside. This question, do I really belong? Do I really belong? We've wrestled with that. What does it mean to belong here? What does it mean to belong in this community? And how do we help each other experience that? Um, Deborah, a couple of years ago in, in this working group trying to wrestle with who we are and, and how we communicate that and how we think about everyone belonging drew this um, minute. You've seen this before. There's like a slick version of this, but I prefer this sketch version, actually, um, because I, lo I love the movement around how do we think about each other from a perspective of everyone belongs? And you may not be able to read some of the small writing, but the underlying reality is um, all people, all ages belong. And there are those who might identify as stranger or neighbor, but they belong. And there are those who might identify as kind of curious about mountainside, but they belong. 
um, and those who, who feel commissioned living into their bat, baptismal identity. This self-identifying as we. And the goal here, and if you can see around the center, and, and if you've been around, you're familiar with these circles of neighborhood engagement and congregational formation and spiritual formation and the centrality of the Eucharist and the Sunday liturgy. Um, there's these extra little, little connectors around those circles that say cultivating the we. Cultivating the we. This vision that, that we would all, when we're speaking of mountainside, that we would say we. Not you, um, or not them, but we. How do we get to we? How do we get to we? And I think it's, it's as we embrace one another. And we can say that all belong because, because of Jesus. Because through Jesus, the Spirit unites us and brings us and draws us to the table week after week. Um, to loop back to Brene Brown again. She says, stop walking through the world looking for confirmation that you don't belong. You'll always find it because you've made that your mission. Stop scouring people's faces for evidence that you're not enough. You will always find it because that's your goal. No one belongs here more than you. And I think if we were to bring this home to Mountainside, um, I would say don't look around for reasons to not belong. We we belong here, and we could layer on because God says so. <laughs> because the Spirit is making us one. And because whatever state we show up in, we're bearing God's image, and, and we bear it to one another. We need one another. Um, we've spent some time with Greg Boyle before, and, and, and Boyle says we settle for the illusion of separation when we're endlessly asked to enter into kinship with all. That cultivating the we is about cultivating that sense of kinship, of brother, of sister, um, with one another. And frankly, that can be hard work. So I was thinking about just sort of some practices, like how do we get there? How do we get there, whether it's... Um, we're feeling like we're on the outside or we feel like we half belong or, um, or we're just not sure. So a few things. Uh, first, believe everyone's in. Believe everyone's in. If Paul and Lydia can figure this out, we can too. All right? You're in because God says so. Um, it's Easter season and we talk a lot about baptism and we celebrated baptisms throughout Easter and I love that. Baptism is this sign that helps us answer this question too. It's an outward sign of an inward grace. And we don't have to do it to belong to God. We don't have to do it to belong. But it's one way that we can affirm this is the story we're caught up in. These are the people who we call brother and sister. And it's a way of, of identifying that and remembering. And we're going to close by remembering our baptisms this morning. And then just show up. Show up, opt in. Whether this is about Sunday morning or about other things in the life of the community. Um, you know, we ask this question, like, why, why are we here? Why are we here? And be, behind that is, what is the church? Why bother? Why go to the work of getting up on a Sunday morning and dragging yourself or your kids here? Um, showing up is a way to say, Yes. It's a way to say yes to belonging. 
It's a way to say yes to what the Spirit of God might be doing in our midst. Sometimes it's about you. Sometimes it's not about you at all. Sometimes showing up is a way that, that God might use you to bless someone else. Um, sometimes it's about us and what God wants to do corporately in us together. But we are not all of who we are without you. And that's true whether you've been here for years or whether you are new to Mountainside. Um, we're never all of who we are without you. We need, um, we need these collective moments of connection uh, and of joy and of pain. It's what funerals and weddings and parties are for. It's what gathering for worship is for. Um, it's what baseball games are for. Some of you are in, right? You're coming from these moments of joy or pain. I don't know which. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were at a Dodger game on, on Friday night, and, you know, it's this huge celebration of collective belonging and uh, of, of festivity and um, it also happened to be Pride Night, and so there were a lot of people there who felt belonging in a way that, um, that they could openly declare among people who they may not always feel as comfortable doing that. And, and I think about um, baseball games. The other funny thing about that is there was this guy a few rows down for us who was a Phillies fan. You know, there's nothing worse than being at, you know, like the opposite team in and it was one of the, apparently, the biggest Dodger game in the last handful of years other than playoffs. Um, and, you know, I thought about that poor Phillies fan who, you know, everybody was hating on him. Um, he didn't belong there, but everyone else belonged there. <laughs> Sharing this, these collective moments of joy. Um, but we have to opt in. And, and we also need to acknowledge that that's harder for some than others. Um, it's hard sometimes at a church like Mountainside for introverts or for those among us with social anxiety. Mountainside works great for a family of five extroverts. Um, we do really well here. And, and we need to make sure that we um, aren't just a church for extroverts. Um, and introverts don't just get a pass at leaning in either. Um, but we need to acknowledge the cost. And we've got to acknowledge the cost of leaning in um, for those among us, uh, those among us in majority cultures, social locations, need to make sure we're not only inviting, but also making room uh, for people where the cost might be around race or ethnicity, the cost might be around lifestyle, around gender, around life experience. Um, there's different costs for different people leaning in, but we're all invited. We're invited. And then ask questions. Let's ask good questions of each other. Let's be curious of each other. It, it helps us get past assumptions. It helps us get past, get past judgment. It helps us extend empathy. That we can ask, um, help me understand, or tell me more, or um, whatever it is that we need to ask somebody unfamiliar. And then share tables. Share tables. A lot of belonging gets worked out around a shared table. It's the way that we were made. Shared tables are, are a commonality across cultures. It's how peace is made. It's how reconciliation is done. 
It's how family is made. Most of our tables aren't big enough for everyone, so we also have to be generous with each other around this. Um, assume the best of each other. Assume that we're welcome. Um, assume that we weren't intentionally left out. Assume that, um, that we are belonging even if we're not invited to every table. And some of us are good at just pushing our way into tables, um, which is great. I, one of my children is like this, and the reason we get invited a lot of places is because this child invites us there. Um, and I won't, you know who that is. Um, and let's show gratitude for moments together that we can receive these as a gift, these signs of belonging. I want to look back to Paul's words to Lydia's church in Philippi. Uh, again this week. Philippians 2 says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I think this, is, this passage is about cultivating belonging and the kind of humility it takes and the kind of um, openness to one another that it takes. These stories we've been reading throughout Easter season are all from Acts. Um, when I was thinking about what connects them, I, I think we could say they're all about spirit and water and table as one way to look at it. About spirit and water and table. These are symbols. Water and table are symbols for us. And I, I want to invite us to cling to these. When you feel less than in wherever it is that you want to be. Maybe even when you feel left out at Mountainside. Or maybe when we encounter those who we'd rather keep at a distance, but the Spirit is compelling us. Um, that if the Spirit says yes, it, it requires our yes as well. Just like the Spirit's yes to Lydia required Paul's yes to Lydia. Even to go to her home. Even to stay there even to host a new church there. We belong to each other, and we belong to God. And that's where we're going to wrap up today. Um, I'm going to read this passage. Again, Paul, writing to another pagan church in Rome, um, says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in, according with the faith, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs 
to all the others. We belong to each other because God says so. You belong here because God says so. Um, before we come to the table and this meal of belonging, um, we're going to sing a song. And um, I invite you to just meditate on these last words, uh, even as we sing, even as we prepare our hearts to share this meal. That each of us belong to one another um, in this mystery that God has called the church. Amen? <laughs>